Hey, Trademark, how's it going? Miss you guys. I'm here live with Holy Sweat in the room. We are just starting our trip tonight, so you can be praying for us this week as you consider uh, just your prayer list and all the different things you have going on. Consider us and remember us in your prayers. We are ready for a good week. We're ready for some powerful things to happen. God's going to do some things in our lives and in these students. So as, as you remember just all the different things going on in our world, remember Holy Sweat, remember them in your prayers. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And, and we're going to do kind of a deep dive into just those couple verses and uh, see what the author of Hebrews has to say for us. The song I've selected is John Legend's song, Bigger Love. So you can pause right now and you can look at the lyrics for that and so that you are familiar with it and ready. So you can do that now and I'll give you a second. So hopefully you got a chance to look over the lyrics for Bigger Love. Uh, we're going to just jump in it and I'm going to read the lyrics for verse 2. And, and I think this song is very appropriate for our world right now. If you read the lyrics in verse 2, they say, I don't want to think about nothing. The world feels like it's crumbling. Every day another new something. And I don't know about you, but this is how I feel on almost a daily basis as I read social media, as I'm on Twitter and Instagram and seeing what other people are posting, all the things going on in the world. Just this morning, I, I saw a really tragic story of a young man who was killed in just a really unfortunate circumstance. And, and it seems like this stuff is happening all the time and we're becoming more and more aware, more and more aware of all the things going on in our world and, and this is how I feel. I feel some crumbling in our world. I, I feel that every day there's just something new coming up. And it feels like it's story after story and moment after moment and thing after thing. And, and I, I've felt the vibe from a lot of you and your posts and from a lot of just what I've seen in our world that there is some real hopelessness going on right now. As people look at the world, they look at just all the situations and things going on from politics to economics to social structures, even in religion. There, there are so many hopeless areas of our world, and our world is broken and crumbling and hopeless. And all these different things going on, our world is broken. Our world is broken, and the truth is our world is broken. It doesn't just feel broken, but it is. We have sin in our world. We have systemic effects of sin going into every part of society and every part of our, our human nature, and, and the world is crumbling and broken. But as Christians, we have a unique outlook, and this is why I want to look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, and I want to see the unique outlook that we have as Christians in our world. We have hope, even in the midst of all the craziness, even in the midst of all the panic and 
everything going on. We have a unique hope. John Legend sums it up this way. But in the end, in the end, can't nobody do us in. I just want to think about loving because we have a bigger love. Won't ever give it up. We got a one-way ticket love. We ain't going no place but up. Nothing can stop this. No one can top us. We have a bigger love. And I think John Legend has maybe unintentionally summed up the Christian hope that, that we are party to and that we can enjoy in the middle of all the craziness and chaos in our world. So let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Scripture says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And in this time of craziness and hopelessness, we as Christians have hope found in Jesus. And so what I want to do in just the few minutes we have together, I want to break down what our hope is and give you a few points of how we can understand Christian hope. And the first thing is that our hope is a time-tested hope. We have a time-tested hope. When we are walking our, our, our Christian walk, when we're living life following Jesus, we are not living this alone. Scripture says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Every moment that, that you walk in life, every moment that, that you are living in this world, you have witnesses all around you that, that you may not even know about. Not, not in terms of actual physical people present or, or some spiritual presence, but, but the fact that every Christian has walked through life just the same way you have. Every Christian has been party to the same trials and temptations that you have been party to. Every man or, or woman who has followed Jesus has endured the same amounts of persecution and difficulty. They've seen sin. They've seen brokenness. Christian, we are not new in our world. Nothing that we see now is new. I see so many posts on Twitter of times are unprecedented. We've ne and I just want to ban the word unprecedented for a while. I don't know about you. This, this is just how I feel. I want to get rid of the word unprecedented. I want to get rid of the, the words never before seen. I want to get rid of all that because none of it's true. Nothing that happens today is unprecedented. Nothing that happens is novel or new. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun, and, and there is no new fad. There, there, there's nothing new or unique about this day and age. We are simply living in, in the current generation of evil in the world, and, and every generation from now until the end of time and every generation from now has lived in a world of evil, a world broken broken by sin. And Christians from every age and every generation have stood in the middle of sin, in the middle of brokenness, and they have run a race following Jesus. Your hope is time-tested. The same God who brought Abraham through his trials is the same God who will bring you through your trials today. The same God who, who, who is with saints being burned at the stake in London in the 1300s is the same God who's with you. The same God who was with Dietrich Bonhoeffer in, 19, in 1945 is the same God who's with you. Every generation of Christian ha has had Jesus as their hope. Our hope is time-tested. The, the church still stands. The word of God still stands. The gospel still goes forth. And this is proof that our hope is not a hope that's in vain. Our hope is time-tested. We are surrounded by witnesses. We've made it through through faith. Faith is belief plus action. Belief plus action. Those two things working together. 
And what that looks like is it looks like casting off your burdens. That's the next point that the author of Hebrews makes. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. The faith of the ages, the faith handed down from the saints is a faith of action, a faith that says, I'm going to give up the burdens that hold me back from following Jesus, and I'm going to pursue Jesus with everything that I have. There's two kinds of burdens that, that the author talks about here. First is the word weight. The, the Greek word is ogkos, and it is whatever is prominent is the idea here. So, so it's not just something that's heavy or something intense, but it's whatever is prominent. A lot of times as Christians, we can feel that man, this thing in my life is just so insignificant and silly that Jesus really doesn't care about this. Jesus really is not interested in my personal fears and worries because they're so small in the grand scope of eternity and all the things going on in this world. There's so many problems in our world. There's so many issues, and the concerns that I have can feel at times so insignificant. But they're an ogkos. There's something that stands out. And so Christ cares about them, and he invites you to, to cast them off. To, to give them up to him. What fear, what anxiety is holding you back right now in your relationship with Jesus? Cast it off. Give it to the Lord. Well, th- there, there is nothing too small. The author uses an analogy of a runner. A- and, and a runner in, in a race, even the smallest pebble in his shoe can make the difference between first place and last place. E- even, the smallest in, even the smallest things in your life can can, can become a hindrance, can become a burden. And Christ invites you to cast them onto him, to give them up and, and to give them over to him. What anxieties and what fears are preventing you from following Jesus? Cast those anxieties on him because he cares for you. What, what concerns and what burdens do you carry? Take up the burden of Christ. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He invites you to cast these things off. The second thing that the author asks us to, to give up is our sin. The, the word is harmartia. And it is something that, that, that is an outright sin, not just concerns, but outright sin, something in your life that is holding you back from Jesus, something in your life that, that is separating you in your relationship, something that we should be aware of is the difference between union and communion. As Christians, we are united to Christ. Ephesians says that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And and so you are currently right now, wherever you are, you you are in the room that you're in right now, but you are also at the same time in the same moment seated in the heavens with Christ, united with him before the Father. And so there is no sin in your life that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Savior. There there is no inconsistency. There's nothing too great. There, There is nothing that will separate you from Christ. You are united to him forever, permanently, eternally, forgiven fully, freely, forever. There is nothing that will separate you from the love of God. I want to make that really clear. You are united to Christ. However, sin will hinder your communion with God. It will hinder the relationship that you enjoy with the Father. Sin can become a wedge driven between you and God, not, not separating you from him in terms of salvation, not separating you from him in terms of his love for you, but it will, it will separate you in terms of relational closeness and distance. If you begin to feel a, a distance between yourself and the Father, you, you begin to feel that, man, I'm just not hearing God speak as much as I used to. I'm reading my Bible and I'm not getting as much out of it as I used to. I'm praying, but, but it feels like it's falling on deaf ears, I would invite you to examine your heart. Is there an area of sin in your life that you've left unconfessed? Is there an area in your heart that you've neglected and said, man, I'm going to give God everything else, but this part, this is just for me. 
This is just me, myself, and I. I would invite you, cast that on God. Give that over to Christ. We, we say this every week, Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. And that's more than a mantra. That's more than a cliche. That, that is a life-changing truth, that Jesus is worth giving up everything that you have. That whatever pleasure sin may bring, however great your anxieties and fears may be, however wild the world may become, Jesus is better than all of that. Give it up. Give it over to him. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Cast these things onto him. This word cast is is the word apothemonoi. And it's the idea of of taking off a, a garment of clothing. The same way you'd take off a jacket when you come home or undress at the end of your day. This is the, the same word that the author uses to discuss the way that we should interact with these weights and these sins that hold us back. Take them off. Cast them off. It, it, it is as easy as that. Give it over to Jesus. Be, because these weights and these sins, they are not you. They are a garment that you are wearing. But you can choose to take them off. You can choose to put on the garment of righteousness, to put on the garment of Christ. Take off the garment of sin. Take off the garment of depression. Take off the garment of anxiety. Take off the, the, the garment of fear and the garment of shame, the garment of guilt, and put on the garment of Christ's righteousness. Put on the garment of love. Put on the garment of hope. Put on the garment of peace. This is the invitation that Christ has for you. Finally, we have a, a long-lasting hope. We have a long-lasting hope. The author invites us to run with endurance the race that is set before us. Life with Christ is a marathon, not a sprint. You've likely heard that before. The Christian walk is a marathon and not a sprint. You're not going to run a marathon with a backpack, so why would you try to run following Christ while carrying all these weights and all these burdens? Take them off and begin to run a a long-lasting a long-lasting faith. Run with endurance. Don't give up the hope that you have. Despite whatever temptation there may be, don't give up the hope you have. It, it wouldn't be a command if it was easy to do. If it was easy to run the race, God would never have to tell us to run it with endurance. The very fact that there's a command to run with endurance implies it's going to be hard. God understands how difficult this walk is. Jesus himself lived life as a human, embodied in flesh, and he felt the temptation. He he felt all the pain and all the hopelessness and all the brokenness that you feel. Christ felt it, and yet he ran with endurance, and his spirit is with you, empowering you to do the same. This is a prevalent concern for the author of Hebrews. Every few lines, he's giving an impassioned plea that God's people would remain faithful, that they would endure. It seems every time he begins a discourse, he ends it with, and don't give up the hope. Don't abandon the hope that you were called to. Don't give up the faith that was handed down through the ages. Don't give it up. Keep running. Keep going. Christian, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult in this time to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. There are so many things calling for our attention. There's so many things calling for... For our hope, there's so many things trying to pull that away from us. But keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. In in running, as as runners run, if if you ask a seasoned runner, they'll tell you there's a point in in a marathon run where you, it's called hitting the wall. And what it is, is you've burned all the energy that you have in your body, everything that's, that's stored in your muscles and in your liver and, and all the different organs, and, and you've burned it all up, and, and it becomes excruciatingly painful to keep going. 
and keep running and keep pressing through. And this is what the author is inviting us into. When you hit the wall in faith, keep going. Don't give up. You have a crowd of witnesses around you cheering you on and saying, hey, we did it. You can make it. You can do it. But, but, but greater than all that, you have Christ himself pulling you and bringing you in faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You have a Christ-centered hope. You have a Christ-centered hope. This is the answer to fear and panic. This is the answer to all the hopelessness. Fill up with Christ. Fill up with Christ. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. I say this often, don't diversify your hope. Your hope is not a stock portfolio that, that, that you want to put your hope in, in your family and, and in your school and in your grades and in your social life and in your social media accounts and in your gaming habits and in your athletic career. We, we want to put our hope in all these different things. But what happens when global pandemic hits and school shuts down and now you're around your family all the time and they're annoying you and it feels like all your relationships are falling apart and social media is a mess we begin to feel hopeless. Why? Because we put our hope in all the wrong things. Don't diversify your hope. Put all of your eggs in one basket. Put all of your hope into the person of Christ who will never disappoint, who will never fail. Christians are tempted, and I think this is a prevalent temptation that we have right now. We are tempted by power. We're tempted by wealth. And, and we have temptations to put our hope in those two things. To, to either bank in getting a, a certain amount of political or relational power or, or getting an, an economic amount of wealth. And we place our hope in the government and in the economy. And then when these things crash, when these things fail, when these things fall apart, when Supreme Court decisions don't go the way we want them to, when, when, a, when the economy doesn't do what we need it to do for our finances, we begin to lose hope. We put our hope in the wrong things. Put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. Look to Jesus. Don't take your eyes off of him. Keep looking. Keep your focus on him. Our hope is in a Christ who transcends all the political kingdoms and economic systems. He remains eternal. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, so get your eyes up onto him. Put your hope into him. Follow his example. Focus on the joy that's ahead. This is how you make it through intense difficulty and seasons of hopelessness. You don't focus on the current situation, but you focus on the joy that is before you. You focus on the joy that is in Christ, the, the joy that is coming, that, that one day Christ will return in the fullness of glory and he will cast aside every earthly kingdom. He'll, he'll cast aside every momentary movement and, and momentary concern and, and he will set up his eternal kingdom on the earth through his people. This is the hope that we look towards. This is the hope that holds us in the dead of night. When everything around us is broken and panic is on the rise, we put our hope in a kingdom that is not of this world, a kingdom that is greater than the systems of this world. We live for a bigger kingdom. John Legend says it. We have a one-way ticket, love. We ain't going no place but up. This is the truth of the Christian hope. That Christ is coming in his kingdom and the only way to go is up. That nothing can stop us. Nothing is going to stop the advance of God's kingdom in the world. No one can top it. This is the message of the gospel. The kingdom has come into the world. The king has come and he is advancing into every facet of society. We're on the winning team. This is the message of the cross. We will suffer. It will be difficult. It will be excruciatingly painful. There will be trials and tribulations, but Christ is in our midst, giving us 
joy, fueling our hearts with hope. And for the joy set before us, we too can endure the present trials, the present age of hopelessness, the, the present season that we are in. We can endure with our hopes set firmly in Christ. Run with Christ. Run with His Spirit. Be filled with the hope of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you've done on our behalf. Thank you that there is nothing that we can do to complete the work that you have done, but it is fully finished in you. Thank you that you've brought us to yourself and you've filled us with your spirit. I pray for every person watching this and listening to this message that you would fill them with hope. That they would, they would feel just an ability rising into their spirit and into their bodies that they can make it. They can do this. Although they may have hit the wall, would you give them the strength to push past and push through that wall and, and, and to keep their eyes on you? I, I pray that our hearts and our focus and, and our minds would be fixed firmly and purely on you. We thank you. We love you. It's for your beautiful name and your glorious name that we pray. Amen. Say it with me. Jesus, you are better than anything in this world. Be blessed, Trademark. I love you.